When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From Learfield in the south end zone of Kyle Field, this is Studio 12. here's your rivalry. Just tomahawk it home. Olsen Magic doesn't live on at the right and magic of the rivalry. 15 strikeouts. What a performance. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, this is Studio 12. A little different view on today's edition of Studio 12. We are not in the south end zone of Kyle Field, but we are in Kyle Field. You're looking at the yeah. south end zone of we Kyle Field. We are looking Field. down on the south end zone of Kyle Field from our perch up in the radio booth. And the reason being is, as it is Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco, and Matt Simon coming your way. On It's, it's getting close to the holidays. What are we on? Are we on a Wednesday? Sure. Yeah. Let's go with I that. I know yeah. it's either Wednesday Let's or Friday if mm-hmm. we're doing this, but, yeah. I, mm-hmm. but I lose track of uh, dates and days once you get to the holidays, once you get to the summer, stuff like that. <laughs> but but uh, we are Wednesday. We are in the broadcast booth high atop Kyle Field looking down to the south end zone. And re- it's uh, construction time again mm-hmm. in Aggie Land, And I think we've said it before, and Ross Bjork has said it, uh, cranes in the air are progress while well, we're looking. Almost eye level with yeah. one of the cranes that's down there on Kyle Field right now. The South End Zone Suite Project is well underway. If you haven't heard about this, that uh, in the South End Zone, which would essentially be the bottom, or I guess the middle deck, the middle deck of the South End Zone, uh, will become suites here shortly. And that construction project is underway. So for the last two days, what they've been doing is removing the ribbon boards 
from the south end zone. So with construction directly above the 12th Man Productions facility these last couple of days, we cannot be in there. That's where Studio 12 is housed, right there in 12th Man Productions. We had to vacate for the last couple of days, yesterday and today, Wednesday. So we said uh, instead of down low uh, in Studio 12, let's go up top. Radio booth. And, like we're uh, doing a game here. We could do the right. play-by-play well, of the construction well, if we wanted to. We could, or we could tell everyone that Devon A. Chain just scored again against LSU. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like well, he could only better. use the north end zone That's now. That's <laughs> because, uh, I don't know if that crane in the south end zone could tackle him. Though. No, no, absolutely not. It could swing a wrecking ball yeah. around. It wouldn't. Yeah. It, Devon that's more, that's more McKinley it. Jackson-like <laughs> down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of a disruptor. Yeah. <laughs> this is almost a nod to the old wrecking crew. Yes, and maybe we'll get to see a little demo today. Maybe they'll be knocking stuff down. <laughs> Actually, we yeah, the, the ribbon boards are gone, so maybe the demo's complete. You got uh, 80 yards of field, Will. I guess you need an end zone, so 70 yards of field and no goalpost on one side. It's kind of like that, uh, you know how they'll play those obscure college football games in, like, baseball stadiums every now and then where they only have, like, one end zone that they use? <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, – we were talking about that earlier this week, the Monday when we could be in the office. Right. Uh, the Fenway Bowl is the, the, up at the Red Sox Park uh, the first time. I think they've had it. I think both teams have to stay on the same sidelines. Oh, wow. That's, yes. since, that's the yeah. Cincinnati-Louisville dynamic, which is crazy to me because Cincinnati is now getting Louisville's coach. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Louisville and Cincinnati are going to play in a bowl game. And apparently they'll occupy the same sideline. At Fenway Park, because you know the baseball configuration, and well, there was a there was a I don't want to say it was Ivy League, but there was some football game this fall, one of the Northeast, where they played in a baseball stadium, and like if you had a turnover or change of possession, you could run towards the outfield wall basically, and you could theoretically score a touchdown. But then the minute that the uh, play stopped, they stopped. They flipped you, and you pointed at the other direction towards the stands, which had the field goal and the end zone and all that. So it's kind of like – It is like that. That, that. You've done a game wrong if you can only go one way. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't think this That's essentially what they did. Now, occupying the same sidelines, that's as far as I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. like that either, but – No. They had that Illinois Northwestern game, of, I want to say this is almost 10 years ago, at Wrigley Field. And they had to make the decision during game week that uh, you can only go one way because one of the end zones was all the way up against the Ivy. Against the, the Ivy, yeah. wall. Which, which is fascinating <laughs> because 40 years prior to that, the Bears played there. Yeah. Now, they were a little tougher. <laughs> They'll run into the Ivy, take the hit, and that now, nowadays you can't do that. That's so. what, what Jordan Gale Sayers' career. <laughs> so I looked it up. It was North Alabama, Jacksonville State. They played at uh, Madison, Alabama's minor league ballpark, which is up in the north part of the state. You could fit the entire 100-yard field in the baseball stadium, but only one end zone was deemed safe for play. So really? I would assume that the end line was probably right up against the wall. Wow. So any offensive that, possession that, went one direction. If you're messed up, logistically somebody messed up somewhere. Yeah, find, find somewhere else to play. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not another place in the state of Alabama to play that game. <laughs> Maybe not. That's not the trash pandas. That is the Rocket Field, City it? Trash Pandas. Okay. In Madison? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Just outside Huntsville? No, no mm-hmm. chance they're rivals with the Montgomery Biscuits, are they? Yeah, they'd be in the Southern League. Are they all uh-huh. both in there? Yeah. They do have some quality minor league names yeah, they over do. there at Alabama. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, as we look down on the construction on this Wednesday, it is ongoing. Uh, now, this isn't even part of the Centennial campaign right. and what's going on with the Bright Complex. There'll be a new academic and wellness center, a new indoor football facility. Not just new indoor football facility, there are more practice fields. Uh, the Coolidge practice fields are getting an addition to all this. So that's actually out of our view behind the south end zone, although we can see one of those cranes rearing its head mm-hmm. right above the top of the south end zone next to the uh, video board. So we can see all of the crane on the uh, suites project here in the south end zone. We can see some of the crane on the Centennial Campaign Project out behind Kyle Field. So, yeah, cranes are in the air. Progress it, is being made in Aguilar. It's fa- fascinating because when indoor track came down, and obviously that's being built. Um, that's part of the Centennial the Campaign, yeah. Yeah, they started working on that half, so to speak, while the season was going on. So they got a, a little bit of a running start, if you will, for the mm-hmm. uh, new indoor facility, which is going to be just gorgeous in the bright Slocum is going to be fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's going and, to look different. It's and going to look different. It reminds me of the first time I ever came to Kyle Field. See, I can point this out to you guys because I can use the stadium as my diagram. that You can't see it on radio, but over here, the north end zone was that old horseshoe that mm-hmm. looked like it went a mile back behind <laughs> the end zone. And when I first came to games here, we sat there a lot, and I mean – if team, it was like broadcasting at Auburn now. Gotcha. If teams were on the other goal line, if the Aggies were playing on the other goal line on the south end zone, and you were sitting in that north end zone horseshoe, there was no video board back in the day. Right. You know, first and goal, and you ran it up the middle. I mean, you just looked for the referees. You had no idea if a guy scored or not. You just looked for the referees, see if they put their hands up or not. Yeah. I mean, they were just a mile away from you. And then by the time I got to school here, the zone in the north end zone came up, the Bernard C. Richardson zone, and that got capacity to 82,000. You know, we're during the holidays in 2022. I remember the holidays of what was it, 2014 or 13, the implosion mm-hmm. of the west side. Was it 2014 or 13? That I think it was 2014. It was 14 because we play 13, the st- some construction had started. Third, so I remember at the last game of the 13 season – we played Mississippi State here, and I remember us turning off the video board for the last time. So they they knocked down the – there wasn't anything to knock down really other than the video board and the temporary stands in the south end zone, and then they gutted this side, the east side, mm. 2013. So for 2014 season, the south end zone was up, and then this west side was finished. And then after 2014, in December, they imploded that – West side came back up in nine months, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so that that's why that 2014 season has the unique – the stadium will never be bigger than that. So yeah. the, the record crowd will always be from that 2014 game, which was the old – I think it was old, old Miss. Miss. But because of the number of seats, there were more seats on the west side, the old west side, than there are now. But obviously there's more a lot more premium space. But, uh, yeah, remember, it's, come a, it's come a long way, man. That, that south end zone used to just be nothing. I mean, if you were sitting in the zone, I mean, you could see out to 2818. <laughs> now mm-hmm. it's obviously another probably 20,000 seats over in that direction. And you were talking about the, the configuration in 2014 when the stage, stadium was actually larger for one year. Uh, that's when we had that question the other day on Ross's yell and review about the track around Kyle Field. And that was the year 2014. It was all grass, the surface. Uh, there was no 
track around Kyle Field that one year. And Ross said that's something that's on their plate right now to figure out what to do with that black track that we look down at right now. I mean, could you go grass all the way to the stands once again? But it's something they're no. discussing. You uh, could go. I'm not speaking in an official capacity here, but you could you could go turf. I think the problem is really the problem is march in. If, if the core is going to march in, they have to march on something. Otherwise, they're going to rip that. That grass will be torn to shred. So right. th- that's why there's. And will you remember this? Uh, when they first did the zone, there was it was concrete. There was nothing on top of that, and kids would hit that. Yeah. Kids with cleats on would hit that, and they would slip. That's yeah. why there's this surface. This surface at least is Somewhat basically padded. non-slip, and it's yeah. padded. But uh, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of progress. I tell you what, though, it does speak to uh, the support of the of the fan base. You know, you've got all of that premium space on the west side that was built out, bang, gone, sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're looking at these north end zone suites, which were some of the first suites in college football back in the late 90s. And then, you know, you put in south end zone suites and boom, sold. Yeah. I mean, they were already sold before, you know, they have a list of people waiting in that premium uh, space to do it. It just goes to show you there's a, there's a ton of demand uh, for it. So it's, it's going to be needed and it's going to – it's going to be cool. It's going to kind of make the stadium will a little more symmetrical too, which will be kind of cool. I mean, it's I, it's fairly symmetrical now, but having the suites on the other end too, and those are great seats, man. Those are great seats. Those second you, deck suites, you kind of hang over a little bit. Yeah. you're not recessed. Those second deck suites, uh, seats, even the suites, but the seats on that second level in the south end zone, awesome view, awesome view of the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our seats are south end zone, which will be directly below those suites, uh, right under them. And I have asked my family, do you like them? Do you want to move? And they're like, absolutely not. We love them. Now, they do get some shade in those hot games. Right. I think with the suites, they'll still be shaded. Yeah, so they'll, that, be, that, they'll yeah, be good. Be, yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and you talk about that support. Uh, I can't say enough about the 12th man, that last game against LSU. This place was yeah. practically full. Mm-hmm. In a season like that, and Jimbo mentioned it during uh, the banquet on Sunday. He, yeah. he made sure that. And, and, you know, so did the seniors. The seniors uh, that I talked with also, also made that point, that uh, absolutely appreciate that every home game for them was, was filled. But that last one in a season like this, um, never going to underestimate that power of the 12th man and that support and the love that they have for the Aggies. But that was, that, that was a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. And like I've said, that's, uh, I feel like that's the first game of 2023. But we'll see. That's we true. Still have, to, still have to see that. That's but a great it. way to – Wrap up 22. Well, at the very least, we talk about shelf life of, of teams. They're not that long. But this 2023 team now has a little off-season momentum yeah. to prepare with. Yeah. That can take them through those January workouts on into February. could take you into spring ball. At some point, you'll have to come up with your own identity and have your own lineup. But uh, the, mo- the preparation for 2023 definitely got a boost in momentum with that win a couple of nights after Thanksgiving. Yeah. See, I don't think it was just a glimpse and like, oh, I, like everyone like, why, why, why didn't that happen sooner? It's like, that's that fine line we kept talking about. Mm-hmm. And I like something that Jimbo said as well. There's fine lines and wins also. LSU was finding a way to win those games, right? And then look what happened in their last two. They've given up 88 points mm-hmm. in two games. Mm-hmm. For that, uh, so again, I, I think that's the entire SEC. I think it's Georgia, <laughs> and I think there's a next tier, and then I think there's a whole bunch 
that different breaks go different ways, yeah. it would be it would be it would be scrambled. But uh, no, I just I love the way it finished. I thought it, you know it was great. I will say I'm not. I liked everyone going on the field as a release for 22. But in the future, no. Yeah. We don't do that any longer. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's We've something. been there. Right. <laughs> I get that. But that seemed like a release. And the, and the reason why I changed my stance is the players stayed out there to be a part of it. I think that still I think some people underestimated the size of Deuce Fathery. But that's okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's okay. When that's the one, adrenaline that's one is way pumping, to learn. you think you can do more than you, <laughs> you actually you can. can. But, so. the old, but the old baptism by fire, yeah. right? So, Live and learn. Uh, but, but yeah. I, Lift me, and learn. Lift and learn. That was, to me, it's a, it's a very good memory. I hope it can be carried on. Mm-hmm. Well, the Aggies, uh, that, that closed out the season. And uh, I'm we got to start the countdown. What, September 2nd, 2023? I got you. Hang on. A&M in New Mexico. You realize he just said that basically he knows the day and date for about three months. Yeah. Right? After football season, <laughs> yeah. holidays, and then the off season. So I, I don't know what you got to waste away, is, Will. But yeah. I know September 2nd, 269 days and seven, it's four hours. Four hours. God, so I'm assuming, a six, I'm a, assuming a six o'clock kickoff, so that's not official. Oh, you're already going assumption? Yeah. I mean, we got an 11 a.m. this last year. They can't give us – well, they probably could give us one <laughs> second year in a row. But yeah, uh, we'll just assume a night game. That would be a great exercise for the remainder of this show. Call up week one, the SEC schedule, and let's predict the kickoff time to New Mexico. We'll just go with 269 days to kickoff. And you're saying roughly four hours. Yeah, just estimated. Be, okay. Could be less. See, could be could for be in the a second opener, quarter I'm right okay now. Okay, with the heat and 11 a.m. because that's quicker. That knocks off those four hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. But <laughs> all right, we'll be back uh, from high up above uh, Kyle Field in the broadcast booth, uh, stepping outside of Studio 12 on this edition of Studio 12. We'll be back in a bit on the zone. Anko Insurance is a proud partner of Texas A&M Athletics and here to provide independent, client-focused, and value-driven solutions for all your insurance needs. Visit Anko.com. Matt, Andrew, Will, back with you. Andrew has his hand raised. Can I uh, suggest something that we do that instead of Sicko's picks, because I don't think Anko would want to be a sponsor of that, but Anko's bowl selections when we do it with Tyler. I'm sure they would happily take the uh, unofficially just make them yeah. the sponsor of the bowl selections. But we take Sicko's picks and and I, what I have degenerate earlier today. I don't think no, it's, we, we it's, went there with it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. But you know our bowl selections. We'll we're going to try to legitimize this as yeah. Much. It'll sound official <laughs> and well thought out if we yeah. attach a sponsor yeah. to it. It'll be all good. It'll be the same. I'll put in the same type of um, research as I do. Usually every Friday, going with the old blanket <laughs> Rutgers, and I'll give the points. That's yeah. <laughs> sell it out. It's perfect. <laughs> Problem is, Rutgers didn't make it this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in a, a quiet period right now for uh, Aggie Athletics. Next event is Sunday afternoon, early evening, five o'clock. Men against Oregon State at Reed Arena. After that, Sunday, December the eighteenth. So one week apart home that is the men do go to memphis on saturday the 17th but sunday the 11th men against oregon state holiday hoops by the way half mm-hmm. price tickets throughout the entire arena great opportunity for that and then the following sunday the 18th the women play smu at two o'clock free admission open the doors come on in 
great opportunity for Love the 12th that. man. And with the new game being added, the Purdue women's game on the 21st, that is also free admission for that one. we got a ways to go till we get to those games, but the one we will talk about a little bit later in the show and then again on Friday is the Oregon State game uh, with the men. Uh, first things first, though, I always like to draw Will offsides every <laughs> year with the bowl discussion. You say I'm too aggressive? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're a you're trying to boycott any six and six bowl game. So I'm going for it this year. Does it have to be it, two six and six teams? Annual December rant yes. about the amount of bowl games. Did yes. you cue that? You cued that. Yeah, right. cue the cue the rant you, you about too many bowl games. Tease. See, the other day I read an article. It was in the Athletic that it was an open letter from one of their writers to the people who think there's too many bowl games. Well, then he wrote that to me. I mean, that was directly to me. We know some people at the Athletic. We can set up a one-on-one. I know. Interview yeah, we want. we do. We we maybe we should get them on this show. But oh yeah, there's too many. It's excess. It's gluttony. It's too much. And I mean, everybody says, "Oh well, what's wrong with that?" I mean, it, excess and gluttony are a problem for a reason. I mean, it's overboard. It's overkill. I mean, I could come up with a postseason plan in college football that involves a 16-team playoff. Those New Year's Six Bowls would be involved in that. You could have 21 other bowl games. That gives you 27. That would be minus 14 where we are now. And that plan would give you about 17 nights and 34 postseason games. That's not enough. We need more than that. I mean, at what point do we cross the line? I agree. And we've crossed it. We have. I mean, it is. We have. But here comes snarky Andrew. Ready? Because on those 41 nights, what's going to stop ESFM from talking about the final four all the time? Right. Well, that's all the halftime Because they don't talk about is. the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Frisco Bowl will be preview number four to the college football playoff. Yeah. That's essentially Every halftime. Yeah, every halftime. Will be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and that, that, to me, I would keep the 41 if they were 41 unique bowls and we talked about the bowls in those teams. But we don't. Mm-hmm. We just don't. And it – to me, it gets tiresome because then it becomes ESPN's narrative. It, it, I was fascinated to see a little on your point, but I'm jumping off a little bit. I was fascinating to see how much ESPN would cover Michigan-Ohio State this year because it was this a Fox, Fox game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is going to happen. What's going to happen again is it's – you guys know I was on the Fox side with the Spurs. If, if Fox and ESPN – if ESPN – Will, you, you know this. If ESPN – did a stand-up, Fox was going to stay at the table on TV. If ESPN went to the table, Fox was going to do – it was going to be the opposite. Now I'm wondering in the future, will ESPN ignore the Fox properties? Yeah. And I was really interested to see how much they were going to cover that game between Ohio State and Michigan mm-hmm. over the course of the week through, through all their program. And then that's the thing. They go – I get it. They go all in on the bowls, but the bowls are ESPN properties. So you're looking at not just a bowl, but programming. And as you said, that bowl will get better ratings than what would normally be there. Right. That's but that doesn't doing. mean they're getting good ratings. That doesn't mean they're good. Right. I mean, for, okay, I'll get a million people to watch the Frisco Bowl as opposed to whatever I was going to put on on December 19th. I get it. That doesn't mean it's a good game. Right. And I prefer quality over quantity. <laughs> I want quality games even if it's less games. I'm tired of the, just throw everything in the world out there and just – Grab people to watch it in excess. So, Matt, I will be trying to boycott every six but and six. I think you watch Here's the my first only problem. Here's the problem I will have immediately. 
So December 17th, is your, like I said, that's your first – I think there's six or seven bowls yeah. that Saturday because it's a Saturday. And, mm-hmm. Well, that – my mother on my side of the family does our Christmas one weekend before Ooh. actual Christmas Day because she's tired of competing with all the other yeah. families. Say, look, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, go be with your spouse's family. We And I thought it was a great idea. We're yeah. all in favor of it. So December 17th is technically the Johnson family Christmas. Now I've got a nephew who's in junior high, loves sports, plays every sport under the sun, wants to watch every football game that exists, and he and I are going to fight over the remote on December 17th. So he's going to want to put on the Las Vegas Bowl between 6-6 six and six Florida and Oregon State. I'm going to have to fight him to, con- to, to continue my boycott. If I'm sitting alone, if it's just me, I can do it. If you, it, it, There's 28 bowl games that involve seven and five teams or better, winning records. That's not enough? Yeah, but you're going to watch. That's enough. You're going to watch Florida and Oregon State because you not, have a tie nah, because to there's a, Florida. There's two uh, seven and five but teams see, playing at the same time. I'm going to watch that one. Here's <laughs> where my proposal comes in and might be able. You're not. Gonna, it's not going to hit everyone. But oh, it's I've gonna, heard this. It's going to help. I think <laughs> yeah. it's going to draw some interest. Like you, you throw out the Frisco Bowl. Let's throw out the Quick Lane Bowl. Let's throw out the Idaho Potato Bowl. Bowls that don't we don't really pay a lot of attention to because our teams are. Our area isn't involved in it. So here's here's my solution. Now you've got a 12-team playoff coming, so you set aside those games and you set aside those teams. You pull them out of the mix. Yeah. Every other bowl, every other bowl-eligible team goes in to a pot. There's two ways you can do it. You could just have the bowls listed in order and just go down the list. It's a lottery. You draw it. You spin the little thing. You know, you go, all right, uh, the Speaking next up is the <laughs> Quick Lane Bowl featuring. You turn the little thing, you pull out, you go, Boston College, and Texas A&M, and then <laughs> we're going to Detroit to play Boston College. Like, who knew? Like, you don't, you're not going to Charlotte. You're not going to Memphis. The you're going Holiday Bowl in San Diego, Florida State, pull out another sheet. Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying. What programming Kent State, that would be. <laughs> versus, you know, UCLA UCF in the Citrus Bowl. In the Citrus Bowl or whatever. Well, now UCF's getting a yeah. home game. I said UCLA. Or in the San Francisco yeah, but if, Bowl. But if you had UCF in Florida in the Citrus Bowl, the, the Golden Knights would finally get Florida in that place because Florida will never play them. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know what That's we need to do? Off a random lottery draw, <laughs> yeah. they finally play them. Yeah. Here's what we need to do. We need to do a draw before Friday's show. We can see how our first results would come in. We'll, we'll set aside do that. Set aside the New Year's you, Six and the CFP. You bring the uh, little globe that the ping pong balls fly around in on Friday, and we'll just start picking them out. Well, that would kill a lot of airtime. Ping it? pong ball. We'd need a live stream of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, ping pong balls with each school's logo. Who's holding you know, how, really many, how many times yeah. have you watched? Have you flipped the game on? You see the Bahamas Bowl, and you're like, not, not man, for long. that would be so I cool. The Bahamas Bowl kicks that. things off this year. Six and six Miami Ohio versus six and six UAB. That's my first boycott Friday, the 16th. Why do Miami and Ohio fans and UAB fans get to go to the Bahamas? 
when we have to go to – I better not insult any of our bowl partners, but – we would have to go somewhere like why couldn't A and M get in but, the mix? But that? why couldn't Texas? With your lottery you're system, a, we'd have a shot at it. Texas A and M and Texas in the Bahamas. But Bowl. you're playing in a middle school field. That's my problem about I the think Bahamas. That stadium yeah, but, holds thirteen thousand. A and M and when Texas I have a, in the Bahamas like, in front of thirteen. But when I'm doing, when I'm watching it with a Bahamian rum cocktail in my I hand, I don't really care one. if I it's can't a. Can't watch it because you know, I know ESPN's not there. They're doing that game out of Bristol. They don't care. They don't know. know the teams. That's that becomes hey, my other point. Uh, don't get me guy. into the broadcasters hey. and those bowls. <laughs> I, I, we need also for Friday. We need to go back and try to find this in the archives. A guy wrote an article about his Bahamas Bowl experience one time. Really, this is about four or five years ago. It is unbelievable, unbelievable. He just walked up to the stadium, looked for a ticket booth. There wasn't one. They just told him to go in. Yeah, security on the field, on the track, shotgun and a beer with people in the stands. Love it. Walked around. No security stopped him. Ohio was playing in the game. Ended up in the whole Ohio locker room. I mean, could have just started crashing. Sign me up. This is great. This is good stuff. No, it's not. It's not. But here's the deal. And, and my lottery system, I, I mean. Like if oh, I, if oh, I, I thought you were talking about the Bahamas Bowl. Well, the if, Bahamas Bowl, Miami, UAB. That's a no. I'm not watching. Because I can, at 2 o'clock, watch the Cure Bowl between two ranked teams, UTSA and Troy. That'll be enough for me to fulfill that Friday. I need to introduce, you to, work for me. I, I need to introduce you to Multiview, Will. You can watch them both at the I same time. Un- I, understand, I understand the bowl tie-ins. But that game being the first day of bowls is criminal. UTSA and Troy yeah. in the Cure Bowl. That's criminal. Yeah. That should, that's over and done. I mean, that's two ranked teams. That's a prime time. Yeah. That's a Saturday I see. I agree. Night with that. game. Uh, I agree with that. Now the bowls but, are know, scheduled in advance. You know the Cure Bowl knew it'd be right two o'clock on the Friday. Well, that's because the, the Citrus Bowl plays so time. many bowls now in that. Well, they have three that. bowls in Orlando, don't yeah. they? And and they're all named Cheez. You got to space them out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now cheese I want some cheese. <laughs> I will say it was very funny the Jimmy Kimmel rant. If you haven't seen it about his bowl that he has his name on, the L.A. Bowl. There was a Washington news station because Washington State's playing it that made fun of the name. Yeah. So you got this. I think it's a Seattle news station and Jimmy Kimmel going back and forth with each other because the Cougars are playing in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. The thing that gets me, there's only three bowls on ABC, and that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. In the new – Well, they knocked two of them out on that Saturday, December 17th. And they only show one more, which is on January 2nd this year. The LSU – The the Citrus Bowl. The Citrus Bowl. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. And that – Not to be confused with the Cheez-It Bowl. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, you got it because uh, nothing nothing says Orlando like Cheez-Its and Citrus. Um, can we also in the next deal, can we get the the final four, the playoffs on Nash, on on, on uh, network TV and not on ESPN? Yeah, that's anymore? right. Yeah, it's not over the air. Because they the ratings will always be better over the air than cable. Right. Cable has never outrated that and you saw ESPN kind of do that a little bit more with Monday Night Football in the early ones, going to ABC. I, I don't know. I, I understand why ESPN did it. They wanted the programming on that channel. But at the time, the ESPN Cap Cities, a huge loss pulling Monday Night Football off ABC. They learned nothing from NBC and Sunday Night Football, losing that entire package, making it to ESPN. And they did it because then Monday became – Monday Night Football, all throughout ESPN on that day. All the programming was geared towards Monday Night Football. But the ratings were never going to be higher. It's the same problem I have with the Final Four in college basketball. Should never be on Turner. 
the, the championship game. Your ratings are always going to be lower. And I don't know how they tell advertisers yeah, yeah. that. Your it's ratings like are not going to be as higher than the year if it's been on CBS. It's like the New Year's Six playoff and then the Final Four. It's like they're trying something. Yeah. With those events, you don't try something. Try it in happen. December in college yeah. basketball yeah. or try it in September for college football. Those mega events, the yeah. pinnacle of your sport, you don't try something new there. No. I mean, you stick with what works, so, no. don't you? This was a good rant. This, I'm going to push his button yeah. again here in the next week or so. Well, get him going one more Saturday, December 17th, Cincinnati-Louisville. Even though they're going to occupy the same sideline, yes, both winning records. Florida-Oregon State, no, one of them six and six. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, Fresno State-Washington State, yes, both winning records. Now you, we have the Lending Tree Bowl with six and six Southern Miss and five and seven Rice. That's easy to boycott. <laughs> That's... I don't know if you'd want to watch that if it were in prime time in its own game. <laughs> oh, listen to him go. This is good. SMU BYU New Mexico Bowl, Saturday night, December 17th. Both 7 and 5. Good enough. Yes. Well, that's it. the he man is a, he's a simple man with simple standards. And then December 17th wraps with the Frisco Bowl. Boise State's 9 and 4. North Texas, they just fired Seth Luttrell, but they're 7 and 6. Acceptable enough. I won't. Acceptable. It barely got above the boycott line. Will's gonna have to rate all the bulls green, yellow, and See, red. See, so look at that. Look at that. I just eliminated you the six and day. sixes, and I'm busy on that Saturday. Yeah. You got to get That's a enough. You we get have that enough. So I'll when have... you throw in all these other, it's just excess. It's just. Now, and now, again, I'll have to fight the 13-year-old nephew for the remote. Yeah. He's going to want to watch yeah. Florida, Oregon State. I'll just headlock How him. many Red Sox references in the Fenway Bowl and how many Aaron Judge references well, in the Pinstripe Bowl? How many ESPN promotions of next season's Red Sox-Yankee games true. that they're going to show true. on Sunday? We have seven. Golly. We have seven Red Sox-Yankee <laughs> games on Sunday night next baseball season. Tune in. <laughs> uh, well, guess what we're not going to talk about when we come back what? is the Red Sox and Yankees. We're not yeah. doing that. <laughs> That was our yearly 10-second yeah. promotion of that. I'll have 41 week. bowls if you bring back the Astro Blue Bonnet and, yeah. the, and the Aloha. That was great. And in the dome. you got to play it in the but dome. It, and it has to be on Ms. Lou. <laughs> oh, man. They were going, any, we're throwing it away. Oh, anything anything on the Hughes Television Network, this I would is watch. good. <laughs> Give me Texas and Pitt all day in the Aston. Usually because that meant the Aggies were in the Cotton Bowl in that day. That's right. (laughs) Back in the 80s. So, yeah, give me that matchup. All right. Break time here on Studio 12 as this segment has devolved into some craziness. (laughs) And derailed. Devolved and derailed. Here on the zone. (laughs) Rolling along here on the Wednesday edition of Studio 12 from high atop the north end of Kyle Field, Matt Will and Andrew with you here. Uh, we're going to turn our attention now to Aggie basketball. The Aggies, a tough loss on uh, over the weekend against Boise State up in Fort Worth. Back home against Oregon State. Andrew, I, Memphis isn't a P5 school per se, but I consider them sort of a P5 program in basketball for obvious I reasons. Agree. You're in this stretch right now where you have DePaul, Boise, Oregon State, or DePaul SMU, Boise State, Oregon State, Memphis. So it's a five-game stretch of which you would consider maybe not blue bloods, but big name basketball programs that you're trying to. These are these are feathers on the cap essentially when you're starting to talk about NCAA tournament uh, bids. Some have gone well, some have not gone well. Uh, regardless, very large game looming for really the only reason to me is it's large for Texas A and M. It almost has nothing to do with the fact it's Oregon State. Like Aggies got to get the kind of get back on track and do the things that, that they want to do. This is a big one on Sunday. Yeah, I thought they took steps forward. Um, 
especially at DePaul and then especially at SMU. And, and that's what it was after that game that Buzz used the word poise. And we've talked about growth. And then I thought it was I'm not sure it was a full step back, but there 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 was no there wasn't progress on Saturday. And and the little pattern as I was thinking about it on the way back was when they have fallen behind, they haven't been able to find a way to change the momentum into not that they didn't make a run against Boise. Which, and that's that's where I thought it was better. M- Murray State, they it was like that stubborn six point lead. They couldn't cut it mm-hmm. much closer mm-hmm. than that. Um, not competitive at all against Colorado. Um, then against Boise, they fall behind because Boise hits from beyond the arc. And I love the way Buzz broke down the numbers, the free throws and, and the points from the three-point line. They got it to six early in that second half. But really, that was about a 10-point game. Uh, and, and Boise had the answer. But at some point when the Aggies fall behind, and they will again, they've got to change that momentum and, and find their rhythm. What they've been really good at is DePaul made a run at DePaul. Aggies answered. SMU cut it to five in the second half at Reed, and then the Aggies just pulled away. What do they do now? Two things. How did they fall behind? And that's what Buzz was talking about Monday on the show, taking a look at the raw numbers, how they defended, how they played offense. But why are you falling behind? Same way, conversely, why did you play with the lead on the road? Why did you win wire to wire at DePaul? But why did you fall behind? And then what can you do to change that momentum? become some things but um overall five and three i didn't think they'd be at this spot i thought it'd be a little bit better um you added to paul because of what happened last year you add that game at boise as part of that battleground 2k22 uh, you have that so the DePaul was impressive boise state was disappointing but not discouraging and then i'm really that's why i wanted to ask him as i did on monday how do you prepare this week for that game i'm with you on sunday now oregon state's already started Pac-12 play, two one-point games. Yep. They, they had a huge lead against Washington, lost that lead. They were down, I think, three on their home court, found a way to win, and then they lose by one to Southern Cal. They're a funny team. It's either a close loss or a blowout loss or a close win or a blowout win. There's like no in-between. It's either single digits or double digits. I mean, like a one, one I think they have a one-point, three-point win, one-point, three-point loss, and then the other ones are double digits. So – um, to me, it, it is a test. And it's going to be as different an Oregon State team as we've seen. Much younger. A lot of the guys have, have moved on. And, uh, again, the neat thing about this Oregon State is they're one of the few teams that will come into Reed Arena in the home and home. So we played them in Portland, uh, Corvallis, and then this will be the second time that yeah. they'll be at Reed. Oh, I love the opportunity especially. I got to listen to just a tiny bit of the Boise game. I was out of town Saturday. But it was sort of a microcosm of what you were talking about. It was later in the game – down maybe eight you you had just scored to cut it to eight and then they come down and you get a defensive stop but then you aren't able to get a rebound they kick it out they hit a three and it felt just like a dagger it's it's one of those momentum things and that's why I like that the Aggies are at home in front of the 12th man it'll be a really good crowd I think because it's a good time it's also holiday hoops so usually those are traditionally good crowds to big name opponent um, that's where you could take advantage of the momentum so to me Protect the home court as much as you possibly can, especially when you get into conference play, and then pick up anything you can on the road. Uh, yeah. But can't do the road thing now. It's Oregon State, and it's at home on Sunday. Yeah, and and, and it, there's you've got to see that progress for this week. And and again, I, the way Buzz described it on Monday, being really honest, the why, the why, why did you lose by that 
score against Boise. And not ignoring, that's why I followed up with, there's also the why into why you won. And there, there is this, uh, and it's not a home road thing, because I think the way the Aggies play travels, because it, obviously it starts on the defensive end. But it's a lot of points that they've been giving up. And that defense is supposed to be, you know, yeah. better than that. So, uh, to me, it's that's what I like about this group. Hey, <laughs> what's rule number one? Always tell the truth, right? <laughs> tell me the truth. Give me the numbers. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the performance on Sunday. Yeah, Maggie basketball again, 5 o'clock, Oregon State. We'll talk more about this game on Friday's show as well. 4.30 is the pregame Dos Equis tip-off show uh, on our sister station, 1620. WTAW, and again, half-price holiday hoops, half-price tickets throughout the entire arena for the Aggies and the Oregon State Beavers. Back to wrap up this edition of Studio 12 in a bit on The Zone. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Studio 12. A quick look at your upcoming Aggie athletics calendar. Of course, we talked about the Sunday game against Oregon State. Next week, nothing uh, until the weekend. Saturday, the 17th, the men are at Memphis. And then Sunday, the 18th, women's basketball, SMU at Reed, 2 o'clock. That is their next game and next home game. Free admission. Open the doors. Fan Appreciation Day for the Aggies and SMU. And then before Christmas, two more opportunities to see the Aggies. The men, December the 20th at 1 o'clock against Wofford. That is holiday hoops as well. Half-price tickets throughout the arena. And then the women have just added a home game. You may have seen that they pulled out of the Las Vegas Invitational. They will host one of the teams that was going to that tournament as well, Purdue, Wednesday, December the 21st, so four days before Christmas, the Aggies and Purdue. That one is free as well, free admission for fans throughout the building for that game. That game is, uh, again, Wednesday the 21st against Purdue. Men, by the way, do have a fan appreciation game. This is a ways off, but just to put it on your calendar – Two days after Christmas, Tuesday the 27th, Northwestern State, mm-hmm. open the doors, free admission, everybody come out uh, and watch the Aggies. And then the last event before at home before the new year is on the 30th, men against Prairie View, also a half-price uh, ticket event there with Holiday Hoops. So a lot of opportunities to uh, catch the basketball programs. This I call this the uh, quiet time in athletics mm-hmm. Before uh, the February uh, circus begins with all the diamond <laughs> yeah. sports. Yeah. It's quiet. It's relative. Everything is relative. Uh, well. You always have that football news cycle that never ends. I mean, it's it's hiring coaches, and now it's the portal, yep. and you have a signing, signing day yep. right before Christmas. Uh, you had the banquet on Saturday, Max Wright. The Max Wright Aggie Award Hart. Show? Yeah. <laughs> we need to get uh, Mr. Aggie Wright Hart on the old – uh, The highest honor you can give to a player. Working to get Mr. Wright on the old Studio yeah, 12. I need to get him around. He needs to bring that Aggie Hart Award with him. Yeah. 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 It's, it's heavy. Props. Yeah. We have yeah. we need props on the show. But I mean, you know, it, now it's – you got you follow everything. You follow it year-round. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for September 2nd, 2023, but there's plenty to occupy you. Yeah. Here until, he goes. until you get there. So still 269 days to kick. Yeah. But uh, almost getting closer to three hours now. Could be or six, according to you. Depends or, yeah, on when the game knows, starts. Who knows? We didn't. We didn't look that up. You didn't look up week one. Oh, SEC here we go. Football schedule. We'll just determine the kick time right here. You're going to go ahead and send an email to Sankey and yeah. get that taken care of. I mean, of. how much time we have left? Sometimes you got to dissect this a little bit. See what Will really wants <laughs> is uh, Jimbo to move that game to Thursday. Ooh. <laughs> Slays two days Ooh, off. We did that. 
We've got to prepare for Miami, a road trip right after that. It's so far away, I can't pull it up on here. It doesn't even exist yet. No. Oh, okay, fine. But uh, transfer portals, uh, that term that you use now, this is really the first year you have guys diving into it and – did you see the number yeah. a couple days ago? Uh, yeah, records six hundred and forty-five. It was like almost eight hundred of them, and it beat a record that once was two hundred and fifty. Yeah. I just obliterated it. But yeah, I'm knock on wood here. But I mean, it's it's. I think it's somewhat quiet on the Aggie front. Uh, who's going into the transfer portal? Uh, Andre White. I'd like to see him play his final year here, but he's in the portal. But you know, other than that, I would call it pretty quiet. And you hope it stays that way. You want the influx, not the outflow. <laughs> On, on the transfer portal. But then we're awaiting uh, a coaching hire as far as a coordinator is concerned, too. So that's in the coming days. But, yeah, it's slow as far as events, but there's just always something to keep you occupied, isn't there? South Carolina's at North Carolina on that Saturday, September 2nd. It's an ACC game. So you have to go worry oh, about great it. great point. Tennessee and Virginia in Nashville. So how, uh, is that an ESPN-operated game when it's a neutral site? Makes yeah. me I think the Charlotte game is an ESPN operator. Florida game. at Utah. So that's oh, a night game. Pac-12 well, game. Pac-12 you got to worry about that. Window that we, they won't affect us. But that's a good game. It's a good game. Yep. L- oh, no, it's on the third. LSU plays Florida State in Orlando. That's the return. Middle Tennessee at Alabama. Game. Western Carolina at Arkansas and Little Rock. UMass, Auburn. UT yeah. Martin at Georgia. Yeah. Ball State, Kentucky. Mercer, Ole Miss. South, uh, Southeastern Louisiana, Mississippi State. South Dakota, Missouri. <laughs> Everything you're listing there screams. We'll have to do this on a later show. <laughs> yeah, we we'll can't process it that I far. I can't do it all right. So, now. <laughs> all right, uh, thanks for joining us here on this edition. We'll be back on Friday with another edition of Studio 12 here from Kyle Field on the Zone. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.